We watched The Bachelor and made some snacks for your favorite snack-themed Bachelor podcast. Welcome to Life's a Snackin', What's Crackin', Life's a Bash. Hi, my name's Jill. Uh, Mal and Hill were over last night and that thing happened again where I do the same thing I always do but instead of saving the audio file my phone just pooped its pants and the file disappeared. So we now have two lost episodes and we're trying something a little different this time using a new audio program which hopefully I will have figured out by the time The Bachelorette starts. And in the meantime, I'm just going to splice together some stuff, and we'll see how you like it. So, first, here's a story that Hillary told on the podcast that got lost that we really enjoyed. So I hope you enjoy it, too. So, because our kids are three and five, uh, a regular dinner involves a lot of bribery and coercion and deal-making. Um, and so at the end of the meal, Ivy, who's three, hadn't finished all of her peas and I had made a deal on whatever. You don't have to eat all of them, you just have to eat whatever, like two bites or something, I don't remember. But, um, so there was like this little bowl of peas on the table after we were done. And Regina, the five-year-old, was still at the table just messing around while we were all cleaning up. Um, so I had been rinsing off dishes or something like that and I came back to the table and there were peas on the table. And uh, I thought it was being clever and funny, and I was like, oh, I'm going to eat these. You can't have any of these peas. I'm going to eat all of them. And so I just put all the peas in my mouth as fast as I could. And she said, Dad, I made water peas. And I was like, hold on, what's, what's water peas? And she said, yeah, I put all of those peas in my mouth and then water in my mouth and then spit them out on, on, onto the table. So while I'm trying to envision this, you know, the process of all of this and, like, what went through her brain... Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not like freaking out cause it's not that gross. It's not like, it's by no means the grossest things my kid, my kid has ever done. Um, but all I could think of was why didn't you tell me about this before I put all of those peas in my mouth? Um, and then my second thought was, uh, so I asked her that and she, you know, obviously no response. And my next thought was, where's the water? Where it just disappeared. So she had uh, cleaned up all of the water with a towel sitting next to her and just left the peas there on the table with all of her mouth all over them. So during this whole interchange, Hillary's in the kitchen laughing her head off and Regina just is staring at me with this bewildered look. Like, what's, what's so funny? Why are you guys laughing? So because our kids are three and five... Uh, a regular dinner involves a lot of bribery and coercion and deal-making. Um, and so at the end of the meal, Ivy, who's three, hadn't finished all of her peas, and I had made a deal on whatever. You don't have to eat all of them, you just have to eat whatever, like two bites or something, I don't remember. But, um, so there was like this little bowl of peas on the table after we were done. And Regina, the five-year-old, was still at the table just messing around while we were all cleaning up. Um, so I had been rinsing off dishes or something like that, and I came back to the table, and there were peas on the table. And, uh, I thought it was being clever and funny, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna eat these, you can't have any of these peas, I'm gonna eat all of them. And so I just put all the peas in my mouth as fast as I could. And she said, Dad, I made water peas. And I was like, hold on, what's, 
what's water peas? And she said, yeah, I put all of those peas in my mouth and then water in my mouth and then spit them out on, on, onto the table. So while I'm trying to envision this, you know, the process of all of this and like what went through her brain, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not like freaking out because it's not that gross. It's not like, it's by no means the grossest things my kid, my kid has ever done. Um, but all I could think of was why didn't you tell me about this before I put all of those peas in my mouth? Um, and then my second thought was, uh, so I asked her that and she, you know, obviously no response. And my next thought was, where's the water? Where it just disappeared. So she had uh, cleaned up all of the water with a towel sitting next to her and just left the peas there on the table with all of her mouth all over them. So during this whole interchange, Hillary's in the kitchen laughing her head off and Regina just is staring at me with this bewildered look. Like, what's, what's so funny? Why are you guys laughing? In case you couldn't tell, that was not Hillary telling the story this time. That was her lovely husband, Todd, the victim of the water peas. So thanks, Todd, for contributing to this week's episode of whatever this show is right now. Next up is a little snippet from the voice talent behind our intro song. Uh, this is our friend Jack. He lives down in the Bay Area in California. Um, we love him. He is about to falsely accuse Mal and I of calling him John. We do sometimes, but we really try not to because that's not what he goes by. Just because we don't see him very often doesn't mean we can't learn how to call people the names they like to be called. So we try to call you Jack every time. Not that he listens to this podcast, which you will soon learn. Uh, but he sent me this. He sent this to me, to my email, and then texted me and was like, let me know if this works. And I listened to it and was like, yes, this is perfect, obviously. And he was relieved and said, whew, they call me a one-take Tony down at the fuck shack. So <laughs> then we both decided that he, he could be a Tony. Anyway, he's not Tony. He's Jack. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jack. I'm friends with Jill and Mal. Um, they asked me to do a short uh, audio clip for you guys for this episode. And I just want to thank them for giving me an opportunity to be on the show. I'm super, super excited. I have to apologize ahead of time. I might be getting a phone call here shortly um, and I'm running a little low on time. So I'll make this quick. Um, my name's Jack. A lot of my friends back home call me John. Um, Jill and Mal probably still call me John. They might have introduced me as John. Um, I know Jill and Mal from high school. We went to school together. We had a great time. Um, they asked me a few months ago to put a intro for the podcast together, and I was super stoked about that. And so um, I used to sing a lot of barbershop quartet stuff in high school with some friends, and I don't really get an opportunity to do that anymore. So it was fun to make that recording and uh, do, like, multi-track stuff. I got to learn a lot, and um, they're using it. So that's fucking awesome. Oh, can we say fuck on this podcast? Damn it. Um, uh, she also asked me to talk about The Bachelor. I don't watch The Bachelor, um, but I did a quick Google search, and I am very happy to see where Juan Pablo and Nikki end up. Um, I feel like I'm up to date now, but I'm super stoked to see what comes of that whole relationship. Um, 
it's it's very exciting. Um, oh, excuse me, excuse me, just for a second, if you would. Hello. Hi, is this Gay Bear? Yes, Gay Bear. Hello, Gay Bear. Hi, who's this? Well, it's me, your old friend, Benny Spaghetti. I'm sorry, who? Benny Spaghetti. Oh, Betty, Betty Spaghetti. Sure. Yeah. Hit me with a joke. Did you hear about the Italian chef that died? The Italian chef that died? He passed away. He, he, he passed away. Very, very good. Very good. Did you like my joke? I, I did. I liked your joke. Hey, Betty, I gotta let you go. I'm in the middle of recording something, okay? I, um, okay, bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Sorry about that, guys. Um, where was I? Oh, snacks. Um, so a uh, favorite snack that I like to make is something called Fatty Pop. Um, and the ingredients are coconut oil, um, popcorn kernels, and then just a little bit of ghee. A little bit of ghee gives it a nice buttery uh, flavor and then sprinkle it with pink Himalayan sea salt. So that's my that's my go-to snack. Um, anyways, I think that's it. Um, thanks again for letting me be uh, on the podcast. Um, this has been really fun. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Oh, I got to go. I got to take this call. So um, I'll talk to you guys uh, a little bit later. So to honor the snack theme of our podcast, I'm eating weird room temperature pizza. Um, I did put it in the fridge, but then I had a dentist appointment this morning. So it sat in my car for uh, about an hour and a half. And then I forgot. And then it sat on my desk for another hour and a half. Um, I actually just put the rest back in the fridge because it's like, like it feels like it's in the danger zone. Anyway, uh, up next on our little compilation episode is a recap from your very own H-bomb, Hillary. We love her. And uh, you can probably hear her better because she was close enough to the microphone when she was talking. Um, But she was kind enough to go through her notes and actually do an episode recap for us. Um, I agree with her that this week it was hard to care. We had the time change, which always makes everyone weird. Uh, Mercury's in GD retrograde right now, which is not terrible, but it is annoying. So that's what's going on this week. Everything's only okay. But we're doing our thing, trying to make the best of it. And uh, this is probably going to be the most context for an episode you've ever gotten. So I hope you enjoy it. hey Um, It's Hillary. I, I think I'm having a week where I just don't have the like mental energy to care about most things. So when I was watching The Bachelor and doing the podcast last night, I didn't feel like I gave very much enthusiasm. And so now, after the episodes disappeared, I feel even less enthusiastic, if that's possible. But luckily, I'm in love with Jill, and I would do anything that B asked me to do. And I can just read my notes. So, Colton jumps the fence. 
the people run after him after a while. They find him in a car, and a producer gets out and is, like, asking if he's okay. And he's like, don't touch me. No, I'm not okay. I'm done with this. And then after a while of that, he's, like, crying and becoming vulnerable and talking about how he's not enough. And he doesn't want to go on without Cassie. And then he gets to do whatever he wants. This batch just changed the show. He decides to quit. And then he doesn't want to go on without Cassie. So then apparently he gets to go on with Cassie. He tells Tasha he's in love with her. Well, not with Tasha. He tells Tasha he's in love with Cassie. And then they both cry. And Tasha tells him, don't cry. You're a good guy. Because she's the best. And uh, then he goes and talks to Hannah G, and Hannah G gets angry and embarrassed. And I really like her reaction. She seems like a real person. Um, She is mad, but also pretty good at communicating still without being defensive. So I like her. Um, I think somebody ripped out a page of my notes. Somebody ripped out a page, you guys. Because now it's on, like, Hannah G. Talks about her engagement ring. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe that was just... Whatever. Words. Brain. Doesn't work. Um, Colton puts everything out there for Cassie. She loves that he jumped a fence for her and dumped other girls. But it's also like, what's changed... Since last night, not really a lot has changed. I mean, on the one hand, breaking up with two people and, like, basically quitting the show is a large gesture. But Cassie, with Cassie, like, she left not because, I don't think, of those other girls or Colton's feelings. I feel like she left because she doesn't feel strongly enough about him. She's not in a place where she knows. She doesn't feel 100% and she's wishy-washy, you know? She's, like, yelling at Kirpa that she's here for Colton and then a couple episodes later, her dad's like, do you like him? And she's like, gosh, dad, I'm not stupid. And then a couple days later, her dad flies to Portugal and he's like, do you feel 100% about him? She's like, no. I'm going home, and then she tries that, and then she doesn't actually go home, she's just in her hotel room, and then Colton shows up, and he's like, do you want to meet my family? And she's like, yeah, and I'm like, what? What happened? Like, why are you saying yes when you spent, like, like an entire episode saying no? Whatever. So, they're going to take it day by day, which is totally fine. It's a totally great way to date day by day and see how things go. That's a normal way to date. It's not like the bachelor way to date, but I support it. I like support that they're not engaged because I feel like the engagement and the L word is kind of forced on a lot of the, these, I don't want to call them contestants, but kind you know, the people who are on the bachelor or bachelorette, kind of feel like they have to get to a certain point feeling-wise before hometowns and before blah blah So I support them dating day by day 
and that they're not engaged, and that they're being, like, assertive and pretty normal about their relationship. But I just really think Cassie wasn't there to date Colton and fall in love. Uh, Cassie removed herself from a stressful situation, and I was like, this whole show is a stressful situation, and... That's what life and dating is about, is being able to deal with stressful situations. And she was just like, mm. And it's like her prerogative. If she, like, is hating what's happening, she can obviously leave. But it doesn't make me like her or trust her more now. Um, Colton's dad is really nice and supportive. Uh, Cassie talks about how... Wait, What? Am I even on the right episode? Cassie talking about her boyfriend who was controlling and she lost her freedom and it was such a commitment. But watching her say all of that, I was like, uh, girl, are you just scared of commitment? Because maybe you just had a boyfriend and didn't like it. Um, and we talked about this last night on the episode that deleted itself, but um, Jill and Mal and I were talking about... Um, how he may have been controlling her boyfriend, but also that she likes to party and she and Kaylin had been like overheard on the bus or um, at the house talking about like where they're going to go clubbing. And so like they like, I mean, they're young and they're hot. So like they want to live this really awesome party clubbing lifestyle. And that's great. And you can find a guy who supports you in that or also you don't have to date a guy. That's also totally great, but you also don't have to be on The Bachelor and tell everybody that you're there to find love when, in fact, you're there for, like, the free booze and the clubbing that you were hoping to get in. So, anyway. But the way that she was talking and acting and then talking about how uh, her boyfriend, like, made her lose her freedom, maybe he was controlling, but also maybe she just doesn't like having a boyfriend. So they go to the fantasy suite, Cassie and Colton, and then they cut to bees and birds chirping. And then Colton says, we grew as a couple. And he's really excited. So they had sex. Cassie seems like super meh. Hannah G would have been way more excited to wake up next to Colton. Um, Cassie just seems so like... She's really beautiful. She's really cute. She, her whole face looks charming. Her outfits are, I think, really trendy and cute and sometimes 290s for me. But she's just not, uh, I don't know, Twitter-pated, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm proud of Colton and Cassie for, like, they don't have to have plans to move in together or to get engaged. They've been dating for a few months. It's totally normal to just still be dating and taking it slow. Uh, and then Cassie's also wearing a pantsuit on after the final rose because that's what she do. And air supply plays. And then Hannah Beast becomes the new Bachelorette. And she says, I hope men can put together words better than I can. And I was like, yeah, we all hope so. 
And it was really painful to watch, kind of a train wreck, watching her meet some five bachelors that are going to be on her season. But also, I hope that she can stay kind of a train wreck and bumble through her season, because it's, it's kind of endearing. So, that's my ten minute two cents. Thanks to Hill for that recap. I know it was a little bit of a chore to have to talk about any of this stuff over again. Um, Next up, we have a different recap from your BFF, Mal. Uh, You'll recognize her from swear words. uh, And otherwise, I think having a pretty similar take on things uh, to Hillary. So... It's really hot in my car. It's like a really nice day out, and I just had the engine on and, like, air conditioning going. Um, And that was nice. And then I turned it off because I didn't want all the background noise while I was recording. And now, like, within seconds, it is shit hot in this car. So, without further ado, here's whatever Mal has to say. Okay, guys, if you are following our Instagram, then you can go on there for all of my reacts that were live, like, while I was watching the show. So hopefully any of the fucking bullshit that I'm about to talk about makes any sense in context to the reacts that I posted. Um, Because, hi, the fucking finale was, like, a week ago. Um, We did our podcast, and I don't know, we're, like technology like fucking hates us so it just shit out um so this is a future from the future voice memo that i'm going to be sending to jill so that she can i don't know smash these things together of like me and her talking and then like it's going to be a podcast somehow so um basically the finale was fucking big time shrug um oops i'm playing with a pen so there's going to be snapping in the background Um, I, okay, so we ended off on, like, the fence jump, and after Cassie just, like, broke up with him, and he left, and she left, and then Colton was like, fuck this, like, I'm jumping over the fence, which was insane, by the way. Um, I'm putting it on chapstick. And, um, so then we pretty much just open up with him being super pissed, like, that she's gone, and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna get her back, I'm gonna break up with the other two girls. So then he breaks up with Tasia first, which kind of blew my mind because the whole thing was just really like meh for him. He was just like, yeah, so like I love Cassie and like not you though. And like that was pretty much it. Um, Honestly, it was like five minutes of the whole episode. And even at her like live, like she gets to ask Colton all the questions. She was really sweet and really tame. And I just think that she didn't really have, like, much to say about it because it's so ridiculous. But, um, so we moved on on to the breakup with Hannah G, which was a little bit more rough. Um, Hannah was a little bit more, like, outwardly emotional and mad and confused. Um, he even said to her at one point, like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was going to be you at the end of this, too, which I just kind of found kind of callous at the time, like... It's probably not going to make her feel any better about this dude. <laughs> uh, and then he goes on to find Cassie, which wasn't hard because she was still in fucking Portugal. But um, when he shows up at her apartment, it definitely seemed to like me and like a lot of people that she knew he was coming. So like 
there must have been some like production stuff that like obviously we didn't see and like they're just bad actors I guess because obviously she knew he was coming and like what was happening her reaction when he told her that he had broken up with the other two girls was like oh my god what like no way like she definitely knew um and was just bad at acting like she didn't know um that that was happening uh or also kind of wonder if she was freaking out like oh no like I tried to break up with you and like now I can't because you just did this so now we okay now we're dating now for a while um so I kind of don't know what it was for her um they ended up going to go see his parents and he was like do you want to meet my parents and she was kind of like I don't know I guess and then when they did finally like when they did show up to meet them she was like oh she just started bawling and was like this is like a fucking bad idea and like it was kind of a bad idea Colton's parents didn't really seem like too into meeting her. And then, uh, you know, they are still together a few months later. So basically that was the finale and I hope everything genuinely, I hope that everything ends up good for him. And mostly I'm happy that we never have to hear any more jokes about, uh, Colton's virginity because it's gone now. And, um, Hannah Beast is going to be our new Bachelorette. And, like, that's fine. Whatever. Like, I'm going to watch it. But I definitely would have personally preferred a Katie or a Tasha season. But that's just me. I'm, I already know that I'm going to be, like, fully annoyed with the amount of roll tides that are going to be happening in this Bachelorette season. So, whatever. I hope that Colton and Cassie are happy and... Hopefully we'll see you guys in a couple of months with like upgraded recording tech so that like we don't keep losing our podcasts that are way better than than this four and a half minute mal recap. Um, but if you do want to see like my actual reactions from like when I watched it and not now um, a week later when I kind of don't even fucking remember what happened to these people, um, go on Instagram because it's there. Um, and as always, my P.O. Box is P.O. Box 2054, Belfair, Washington, 98528. Feel free to send me snacks or money so that we can upgrade our recording equipment. Thanks, guys. And now for something completely different. Um, a friend of the show sent us in a few questions. Uh, first, batch of questions if you will is about baking we talk a lot about the snacks that we're eating on the podcast um, but I don't know if everyone knows that me Mal and Hill are all pretty dang good bakers or at the very least uh, we really enjoy baking so he asked us some good questions about baking and then he asked us some really good questions about the bachelor as a non-watcher So, um, I'm going to play his questions and then I'm going to read our answers, I guess. So I hope you like this part also. Baking questions from Adam. If you're going to get started, meaning if you're going to start learning how to bake, uh, what would you suggest starting out with? Um, cookies, brownies, what do you think? So to answer Adam's first question, we're going to start with Hillary. Um, She says, when I started baking for the first time, I began with my favorite baked goods, my mom's cookies and muffins. I had them so many times I knew what they should taste like and her recipes are pretty simple. 
Mix everything together at once and it bakes 100 of them. Start with something you love. I think that's really good advice. Mal says, if you're just starting out, learning to bake for the first time. Oh, wait, no, that's the question. (laughs) She says, definitely chocolate chip cookies. They're simple, but allow you room to experience how simple things like too much flour, too soft of butter, etc. work, and you can't really fuck up a chocolate chip cookie. I think I generally agree with that. Um, my answer was similar to Mal's. I would start with cookies. I think... Oh, I see what I did here. Sorry, I'm not very organized today. Oh, and I forgot to turn my car off this time, so background noise. Be damned. It's too hot. My answer was chocolate chip cookies. If a cookie has too much or not enough of something, it usually still turns out delicious. There's a lot of room for error. Get good at chocolate chip cookies, then go from there. How much adjusting do you do of recipes that you work off of? Do you find that you have created a little toolbox of tips and tricks for yourself? Uh, Or do you generally just follow the specific recipe? Starting with Hillary again. She says, I don't do much adjusting. I follow recipes to the letter, at least the first time. But I find that reading recipes online, the comments below usually have plenty of adjusting suggestions that may cater to your preferences. Mal says something else would have been smart if I put all of these on one page that's okay you're just along for the ride you listener she says do she says I do a shit ton of adjusting I genuinely genuinely enjoy tweaking recipes to recipes that you have to be oh my gosh punctuation would be helpful Mel not going to give you a hard time. I genuinely, I genuinely can't say the word genuinely, but Mal genuinely enjoys tweaking recipes. So recipes that you have to be really meticulous about are not for me. Those are for Jill. I take that as a compliment. Um, a lot of my recipes you have to be really meticulous with. So I really do follow the recipe. Um, occasionally I will switch out like a flavor If I have a recipe for like an orange whatever, I might switch out the zest for like lemon or whatever I have on hand. Um, But I agree with Hillary, at least the first time I think you really do have to be very particular because that shit is chemistry. Like, you know, you do your best with it, but um, I use a food scale. When I rewrite recipes, I usually do everything in like grams and milliliters and shit um I'm extremely precise the ratios are important to me but like Mal said um that picky shit is kind of for me because when you make things like macarons that are really sensitive to moisture and oil like you have you have to be super precise otherwise they will not work I've made them poorly before and they are either like mushy or I don't know they just get hella weird. If you over whip the meringue, it doesn't set right. There's all kinds of stuff. Anyway, next question. Am I right? What is your favorite comfort treat? 
like if you're having a bad day or uh, something shitty happens uh, what's your what's your go-to snack for that this is I think our third and final baking question I'm gonna answer it first because that's the notes that I'm on I'm more likely to eat out of boredom than for emotional reasons, but I do think a donut from Larry and Christie's or anything from Saboteur, uh, croissant, quiche, Bostock, brioche, baguette, a lot of things that start with a B. Anyway, any of that stuff can cheer me up. Um, those are local bakeries here in Bremerton. For those of you who are not familiar, they are amazing. Um, also a grilled cheese sandwich on my boyfriend's homemade bread is probably the most favorite food my most favorite food of all time, especially if it's with some from scratch tomato soup. We're actually having tuna melts tonight with that tomato soup, so not on fancy bread, but you don't always have time to make your own bread. That's really quite a project. That's why it's such a treat when we do have it. Hillary says, my comfort treats are warm chocolate chip cookies, lint dark chocolate with fine sea salt. Uh, there's a comma in there somewhere. If something really shitty happens, I might buy myself a cupcake or a chocolate cream pie, but I haven't had one of those days in a while. Really glad to hear that, Hill. Uh, shitty days are shitty. Mal said, if I want sweet, then brownies. Thick, decadent chocolate. Otherwise, I'm a big chips and salsa eater. Aren't we all, dude? So this part is where Adam asks us, about Bachelor-related things. He doesn't watch the show, but he's a nice guy, and he has good ideas. So, they're good questions. What is the main demographic of the people who appear on that show, and what do you think is the main demographic of people who watch it? I had a hard time finding the specifics on this one. Um, according to my research, most contestants are from California. There's a pretty big Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville contingency, some Seattle, Arkansas, Alabama, Virginia, and usually there are like six dudes from Florida. Most common age seems to be around 25, and most common race is hella white, like 38 out of 579, and 25 out of 312 cast members have been black. That's 6% and 8% respectively. The first number is from The Bachelor, and the second from The Bachelorette. And that was as of 2018. Other minorities are similarly represented and ain't nobody over a size four. Except all the dudes are thick-necked beefcake fitness instructors or naturally slender financiers. I actually think a more socioeconomically, philosophically, and body type diverse group watches than the showrunners think, but they definitely cater to white, Christian, and if not conservative, uh, probably moderate or non-political Midwest and Southern viewers. Oh, they also cater to the patriarchy. Do they actually get married? Um, do they actually get married? I know you just heard Adam ask that, but here's the deal. I did a lot of research and now it feels like too much to read. So there were four, there have been 14 proposals. I'm not counting Colton's season in these numbers because they're taking it one day at a time. So that's like a whole separate category. 
So out of 22 seasons of The Bachelor, there were 14 proposals, 63%. Out of the 14 proposals, there have been three marriages, but only one who has actually married the person they proposed to originally on the show. The other two ended up breaking up with the person they proposed to and then married their runner-up. So total, three out of 22 marriages, that's 14 percent. Is that right? Yes. And one out of 22 actually married the person they proposed to. That is four and a half percent. Now on The Bachelorette, there have been 14 seasons. Every season has ended with a proposal. 100 percent. We have three out of 14 married. All three of them to the same person who proposed to them at the end of the show. And a total of six out of 14 are still together. That's 43%. So I think all three of those couples that are together are engaged, but not married yet. So like, yeah. And then Bachelor in Paradise has had, my notes are all goofy on this. Um, but I want to say, okay, so eight on-show proposals, two marriages, two engagements, three couples who are still together but not engaged or married. Um, And there's only been five seasons of Bachelor in Paradise, so it's a different formula. It's really hard to do percentages for that. Um, But overall, it seems pretty obvious that that's a better success rate than either of the other two shows. Um, There's also a married couple who came off of season two of Bachelor Pad, which I never watched. But anyway, there you go. So that was a long way to say... I mean, yeah, some of them, sometimes. Are there intellectual people who go on that show? Uh, Do they ever discuss existence or the current paradigm or what the next social paradigm might possibly look like? Intellectual people on The Bachelor. So Hillary says, It's difficult to know if there are intellectual people on the show because the way they edit the show, we don't get to see any interesting intellectual conversations. Most of the topics of conversation are surrounding the relationship or the drama with other people. I was pretty upset one time when, on Paradise maybe, these two people were about to talk about reading the same book and they totally cut out that conversation and gave us total monotony. That's like a real issue. I think that um, maybe some of these people are intellectuals, but how would we know? Mallory says... Uh, not really what it's all about. Probably best to look elsewhere for any book learning. She's not wrong, but I don't know. I'd rather see a show with more interesting conversations. Um, I wrote down my answer and then, and now I don't, and now I don't know where it is. Is that cool? Am I doing a good job at making a podcast? No? Okay. Okay, I found found it. Uh, I remembered I could pause the recording, and then I would be able to find stuff. So my answer was, there have been a few intellectual people. Uh, Becca M., Kendall, Wills, Rachel, Taylor, maybe even Wells. But zero of them had their intellectual sites featured on the show. They def do not discuss intellectual things ever on the show, and it's all I really want. 
I just want to listen to people have the kind of conversations that I would have with my friends or the person I was falling in love with. Like, I don't know, man. Real shit. How does the show remain fresh to you after so many seasons? What keeps you coming back? Okie dokie. My answer about the show remaining fresh is that it doesn't. The formula is old, the leads have been increasingly uninspiring, but it's always a new group of humans who have to live in a house together, cut off from society, and that alone can be fascinating. A little bit of voyeurism mixed with genuine interest in the human condition and a soft spot for a good love story are enough to keep me on board. It's also mindless, which is an indulgence I don't often allow myself. Although as I get older, I'm making more and more exceptions to that because I'm tired. Let's see what the ladies had to say about the show staying fresh. Um, Hillary says... Oh, Mallory says, I mean, it's definitely the same garbage season after season, but I'm a possum and it's my trash pile. Is that a good Mallory impression? She'll tell me later. Hillary says, I'm a newcomer. I've seen one season of The Bachelorette, one season of The Bachelor, and one season of Bachelor in Paradise. I'm a little tired after this most recent season. It may be that I prefer The Bachelorette, and it really might have to do with the person they choose as The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I'm disappointed with the demographic they continue to shoot for. They could easily spice things up with different candidates or simply by editing so we get to see those intellectual conversations. How many divorces or annulments have come from this show? Um, actually zero. Just, I don't know, a bunch of failed relationships, but no divorces, no annulments. Um, the longest running marriage from the series uh, has been 15 years. So that's kind of cool. Would you go on the show? Hillary says, I would never go on the show. I love attention, but I have major shyness, and I get overwhelmed easily and cry a lot. And I don't like when people are confrontational, so I would not survive. Mal says, as a production consultant, abso-fucking-lutely. I'm kind of with Hill on this one. Uh, no. I mean, I feel like I would hang out with some of them, but I don't want to be that kind of center of attention. We're going to round out this episode with a little commentary from our current number one fan, Martha. I was selected by Mallory because Martha watched Mal's entire reaction story. I think it was like 12 minutes long or something. I don't know. I mean, I watched it too, obviously. I watched it when she snapped him to me the first time. But in any case, Martha, you're our homegirl. Take us out. Hi, Jill and friends. Uh, so, my opinions on this finale, uh, first of all, I'm gonna mention that I didn't think that Kaylin wasn't gonna be in the top three. I was for sure that it was gonna be Kaylin and Cassie at least, and I was kind of disappointed that Kaylin was not top three. I thought it would be Kaylin, Hannah G, and Cassie, and I was kind of surprised by Taisha. 
I know that they did a, they had a lot of experiences together, like they did a lot of first, they did skydiving and stuff, but I didn't see like a real like connection connection, like on a soul level, so I didn't really think that they were going to end up together, so I didn't think she was going to be top three, and I feel like their connection definitely showed in how he broke up with Taisha. He he was so to the point with it. He was just like, Yep, I love Cassie. Um sorry. Um I'm gonna do this little cry and then you know, you can just do whatever you wanna do. At least that's how I felt like it went. I feel like it was very one sided and I feel like Taisha knew that and that's why she kinda hid her feelings and it was more of holy shoot. I don't want to do this on TV. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to deal with, like, the heartbreak and all the questions about it. And, like, stepping my life around, all the questions. So that's kind of how I felt that was. And then you could tell that he had a connection with Hannah G. But the way he broke up with her was so beyond ridiculous. Like, how do you tell a girl... I thought you were going to be the one. Dude, you are confusing the freak out of everyone around. You're confusing this poor girl. Like, even to the point where she thought that he was going to go after her. And then it was still going to be this fairy tale ending. Where, like, even though he's like, oh yeah, I don't want to be with you. But I think that you were going to be the one. I still don't know if I'm making the right decision. You don't tell someone that when you're breaking up with them. You just don't. That's so confusing and it's so unfair. And then lastly, I'll get into my thoughts on the whole breakup and getting together with Cassie. So Cassie, I loved from the absolute beginning, like even since the cast first came out for the season. I was, I picked her out of all of those terrible pictures. I said, she's going to win this thing. And my choices are never correct, but somehow, magically, this time it was. But around the time where all the women were warning Colton that uh, there were people here not for the right reasons, and she was one of the ones mentioned, I found out that she was on a reality TV show called Young, Younger Once, or Young Once, about her and her life and, like, being with her ex-boyfriend, so it really gave me the wrong vibes, especially knowing, hey, this girl has been on a TV show before, this is obviously, like, something she wants to do, and that's when I was like, okay, Cassie's gotta get out of here, she shouldn't win this, she's gonna break his poor little heart because he's such a quirky fun nice guy and I was actually really excited for his season but like towards the end it's just so unfair and the biggest problem I have with it is that if someone tells you that they don't want to be with you why do you want to be with them I don't understand the like oh, I'm going to go after this person. They said that they don't love me. They don't have the that sort of desire to be with me. But do you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. I just don't understand that. 
Martha goes on to say, my voice memos seem to stop working towards the end, but I don't want to hold you up any longer. She's so sweet. She sent me this two days ago because I was like, I'm going to finish this podcast right now. But it's actually a really hard time uh, to find time to do anything, um, especially like talk to nobody by myself. Anyway, she says, um, at the end, I was just going to mention that even though I don't understand how he could want to chase someone who said they didn't want to be with him, they do seem happy now and I'm happy for them. I'm just still weary of how the relationship will last since it was a significant choice to leave Colton and suspicions of just wanting fame from the two TV shows. But ultimately, I am happy for them. Also, I was going to mention how the finals just drag rather than being full of juicy info and drama. And I was sad that we didn't get to see picking out the rings. Anyway, that was her first voice memo ever, and she did it just for us. Thank you, Martha. We also talked a little bit about how we are pretty excited for Hannah B's season. Um, I think she has more personality, certainly, than the last couple of leads. So even if she wasn't our first choice, she is better than Ari. (laughs) So there you go. Um, Well, I think that's going to be about it. Sorry it took us so long. And by us, I mean me, Jill. Um, Took me like a full 10 days to get this podcast together. Um, But I was able to find a more consistently functioning audio app. So I'm really excited to come back probably around May 15th with a new episode with Mal and Hill and Jill all in the same room and um, maybe some more level audio levels, some level levels for you and uh, should have fewer technical difficulties. So we'll be back with snacks and all the, the hot goss about Hannah's dudes and whatever else we feel like talking about. Um, I should also say I didn't actually listen to this podcast in its entirety before I upload it. Before I uploaded it. It's weird because I haven't uploaded it yet, but I know I'm not going to listen to it before I do that. So um, I may have cut some things together out of order. I tried really hard, but it was weird. And I've never done anything like this before, so... This is Jill saying thank you for listening. I hope you come back again. And um, bye-bye now.